Could it happen? In this year in Los Angeles, like so many places, we're struggling with a pandemic, social unrest, political strife, wildfires, and, well, the list continues. But sports in L.A. have come to the rescue. The Lakers captured the franchise's 17th banner. The Dodgers win their 7th World Series. And maybe, just maybe, the voice of SoFi Stadium and the L.A. Rams is right when he calls his shot that the Rams will finally win a Super Bowl and L.A. will complete the COVID trifecta. Hmm. Should probably come up with a different name for that. <laughs> I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Hello, Sports Storians. Welcome to Audio Video Podcast, episode number 58, Sports Stories with Denny Lennon, part four of our four-part series. With the voice of SoFi Stadium and the LA Rams, the Associate Vice Chancellor at Pepperdine University and the Chair for the Wooden Award, the pride of the Pacific Palisades, Sam Lagana. Before we get to the episode, let's check in with the producer of SSDL, the MVP of the 2008 Venice High School basketball team. Uh, but make note, she did fall short of the Venice High School Yearbook Most Athletic Award, which went to a softball player. Anyways, here's Marley Rice. Indeed, indeed. I did lose. I think her name was Kim, mm. and I think she was part of the yearbook committee, sure. which is probably why I lost. Anyways, yeah. you know, that was 12 years ago. I've clearly got, I'm right. over it. You should get clearly over, that. over it. <laughs> yes. Uh, welcome, everyone. I hope you're enjoying Sam Lagana. This is the final installment of our Sam Lagana piece, and I hope you're enjoying it. Hey, have you guys subscribed to our YouTube yet? Because um, if you haven't, you should. You should go put on notifications. Because mm -hmm. when you turn on notifications, you will be notified of our most incredible guests coming up to wrap up this COVID year, as Denny wants to call it. <laughs> and who are those guests, Denny? <laughs> I hope it's just one COVID year. Uh, we do have some great ones coming up, including a multi-part episode with Bob Klein. Now, he was the tight end that won a national championship with USC, and then he starred in the NFL with the Rams and Chargers in the 70s, somebody I really looked up to. We like to call his favorite. Family, the Kleinesty over the here. The Kleinesty, they are. Uh, and by mid-December, we'll have out a multi-part episode on some guy named Jerry West. Yeah, who is that? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it's true. The logo. It is. Mr. Clutch, number 44 in your Hall of Fame scorecard. We just recorded a sit-down with uh, with us, and so, yeah, that happened. It was I mean, incredible. It was incredible. I mean, look, I was trying to be cool journalist, <laughs> but I just looked across, and I was like, oh, my the God. The fact that he, like, walked through your door and then yeah. walked into your house, I'm like, Jerry West is in your freaking house. He's in I our know. studio right now. It was like Babe Ruth just walked <laughs> through. It was just awesome. And uh, Shout out yep. to Wayne Boley for that. Shout out to Wayne. Jerry freaking West, everybody. That was awesome. And, okay. and that will drop December 17th. So that if you will. guys um, want to go follow our YouTube, so December 17th we will drop part one of Jerry West to end out our Jerry Christmas. Jerry Christmas to you too in this final episode with Sam Lagana. He has so much more to discuss. But before we get to that, I want to be sure and recognize what a great person Sam is. He's generous with this time, supporting charities and friends alike. He's quick to smile and crack a joke and just a general joy to be around I hadn't seen Sam in a while, and I'm so happy that this interview allowed me to do just that. So one last time, I get to paraphrase the man himself. It's time for every man, woman, and child to rise with Sam Lagana from Casablanca Restaurant in Venice, California. 
here is the final of our four-part series with Sam Lagana. Please note this interview was recorded on October 1st of 2020. What's it, what's it like in that new stadium? Um, I mean, you're in there uh, pretty much by yourself and the, and the two teams. <laughs> so you got to tell us what is it. I mean, look, they were gushing over it. Uh, what's that? Football Night in America. They yeah. were just like Al Michaels, who's seen, he's seen plenty. Yeah. And he was gushing over the place. Um, we, yeah. got a, we got a, what, five, six billion dollar stadium. And we all want to go see it. Now, you've been in there calling for, you know, cardboard cutouts so far. Yeah, and they're good. They're great fans. They're just not very loud. <laughs> I, they need to learn how to get louder. Yeah, that, they have, the clap they, truck they is have, not it. 70 decibel yet. clap truck is not it, you know. Um, it's, ama- it's the most amazing stadium in the world. I can't I'm, imagine. I mean, it's like a wonder of the world. You know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to, to be there. The Coliseum's cool. The iconicness of sure. To, to have been, but this is, you know, announced. This is the new. But to come into this new stadium, and it, it, it enveloped that idea. But it hurts. It's painful yeah. that they're not there. And there's a great picture of that SoFi wow. Stadium. Just really it's cool. and and the graphics. This this video board. What Corey Befford and the team have developed, and then the, the Oculus. Yeah, it's it's actually the video board. The Oculus was sort of a. A name on the early origination. Okay. We just call it the video board. Okay. I think they're going to okay. brand it something soon. All right. But um, you know, it's it's amazing. And then Sarah Schuler and what she does with brand events. And then Chadwick Richardson joined us, and so he's calling. He's the game day producer. So we've got a great team. There's probably 30 people in the production room, maybe a little bit more now, wow. that really put this all on. And but it's okay. So you're going in, and here you are. And you, you just want the people, but you know, I mean, people are lined up. I, I'll get to the stadium maybe at 8 o'clock in the morning for a 1 o'clock game, right? Yeah. People are already sitting out on the streets looking like this. You know, they're... Just they going like... And you, they want to be in there so bad. Yeah. You want them in there. Kevin wants them in there. I want them in Stan there, Stan Kroenke wants them in there. Everybody wants them in there. But... We're just waiting for this one guy in another city, and that's at the state capitol that's sort of holding us all back. So, wow, wow. I'm hoping that he opens this up. It's so it's so fun to um, one to be there, and when when they came back to the Coliseum, and just be like, that's Sam. Sam's doing this so cool. And then to know that that's you in in in, in the stadium. It's Uh, it's so cool though, Denny, because even in the stadium, it's clean, so you don't have the delays. Oh, anymore, I it's can imagine. boom. Actually, imagine. But it's also really neat because the speakers are coming at the fans. I mean, when they get them, but they're coming to the audience as is the video presentation. So it's not loud on the field. It's not like crushing the field. So even the the, the noise is a little louder on the sidelines for the coaches. But that noise to us is really loud because we're on the seventh level. Okay. And it's just like, and we're in the end zone, by the way. Jeez. And so it's like right at you. And it's... What a time. What a time. And it's it's weird because it's not natural. And it's not ebbing and flowing with the play. Okay. And then you're only at 70 decibels. I had the, at the halftime of our game against the Cowboys, I had the NFL officials actually ask me, are you announcing the game? Because oh, from where of, they were, the they couldn't hear it. Jeez. So it was kind of different. That is really different. Yeah. And and, and apparently the top, like, is of that thin, thin layer that yeah. allows still for natural light to come through. But 
I mean, I think this, it feels like this is a new, modern wonder of the world. It is. It's a canopy, and it's, it, all the sides are open, so you feel the air coming through. All the sides are open. So you feel it, it's almost like an umbrella here at Casablanca, right? You're gonna feel the winds coming through. So yeah, there's wind affecting kickers. Um, you can feel the breeze. And it's it's really, really, am wait. it's amazing. Everything is so synergized. So that video board with the sound, everything is perfectly manicured. The trees on one side of the stadium they, they represent the Sierras and, and right, all of that. Right. On the other side, you're dealing with all of like the coastal vegetation. Jason Gannon has done a great job managing all of these things for Mr. Cronkey's company and with, with Otto Malley and this group of people that are doing this. And the whole Hollywood Park expansion that's coming is, yeah, is I, unbelievable. I, I went on the season ticket ride, which they in Playa Vista, they opened up a, a room about right. as big as this restaurant. And they showed you everything that's coming, and I was like, wow. Okay. It's, it's just amazing. And a go. lot of it's done. The NFL uh, media headquarters are going to move into a building that's nearly completed right already. There. It's The lake is ready to go. The Actually, what's really weird is there's this great store for merchandise where you can get your Rams merchandise right. that's there. Of course, there's no fans <laughs> yeah. going in yet, yeah, but maybe they'll open the store soon. I don't know what the rules will be, but sure. it's ready. I mean... The, and, the, and the concession stands, they're so modern. All the food is going to be cooked right where you're getting it. So Jason Gannon tells me this. He's like, yeah, we're going to cook right here. So it's kind of like where these guys are. They're, they're wow. going to cook the food, and you're going to get it. It's not coming from Back. you know two doors, floors down underneath the football field. Yeah, this looks, I can't, I can't. It's, you're going to get blown I away. Wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You're going to be blown away. The fans are going to be blown away. I can away. feel it coming. It is the greatest gift to a city that a human could make. And, and it's kind of how so many of the greatest world events in this area, from the Olympics or the World Cup, to, you know, it's it's going to be Casey Wasserman was at the opening game because he's bringing on the Olympics. Those, here they come. Right. You're I, I love this because we're both, you know, we're both yeah. L.A. The guys who know. But look, we're, you know, we're in a tough time right now. Dealing, you know, everything from the fires to the pandemic to uh, civil unrest, lots of things. But yeah. we're also still that city we grew up in. And so we need these points where we can celebrate. Yeah. Like, like we're gonna celebrate a Lakers championship and a Dodgers World Series. We need that to, to celebrate too. Yeah. And hopefully we celebrate our Rams. Could you imagine if the Lakers, and, and for Jeannie, more than anybody, I want this team to win for Jeannie. She has yes. put her heart and, this and with be, Linda Rambis and a whole team. And we catch the Celtics, up, baby. Just to get this and to get this win, to come where they've come through, all the adversity all they've the come through. I want that for them. Yep. Not even for every fan. I want it for Jeannie, Linda, and that team, Tim Harris. I, I want it so Lee, Zeidman, you know, all of those people. <laughs> I want this to happen. Uh, the Dodgers, if they could win it this year. Yep. And what happens if the Rams could get back to the Super Bowl? I know. And we could win the Super Bowl. What happens That's to the world? That's a trifecta. Los Angeles. <laughs> Just rocks the world. I mean, maybe next that. year the Kings let's can come back. And, yes, let's and, do it. Like, that's that's the triple crown. That's the right? true triple crown, right there. So I got a question for you. Yes. What is your most memorable moment announcing Paul? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. Now I have to probably move outside of my backyard yeah. and into something that everybody has, has, has might have seen. 
But I do remember calling, I think Carolyn Kirby and Liz Mazakayan won their seventh straight tournament. And I think that broke whatever existing records there were. But I remember they were the dominant team at that time. And I just remember calling that last game, which went down the stretch. And it was like, and there it is, Mazakayan with the yeah. kill. And that's number, that's lucky seven, I think is what I said. That's lucky seven. And, and that was like their seventh straight, so they broke some. So I think that probably stands out the most to me. I also had this one event where we ran with pros and celebrities. And it was great because Mike Whitmars was a big part of it. But so was uh, uh, Mayor uh, Butts. And he was my celebrity MVP. And so here's what was fun. I combined these pros with celebrities down in front of the Santa Monica Lowe's Hotel. The day before we ran a junior event to get the whole thing ready. And he comes by, and he's the chief of police for Santa Monica, and he walks up to me and he goes, I don't want to look stupid, I'm one of your celebrities tomorrow. I go, oh, okay, what's up, chief? And he goes, could you show me a couple things? I said, sure. Showed him how to bump a ball. And I showed him how to just low toss, hit the ball over, get it in. Because he's an athlete. He just needed a couple of, right? I showed him these two things. Two things happen. He comes out, ladies and gentlemen, chief butts. And he comes out, and he serves one over, and they shake it out of bounds, and he gets a point. He serves the next one over, and I think either Whitmarsh or somebody takes a decent swing, but right at him. It pops up. Everybody goes nuts. Wow, look at Chief Butts. And it falls in on the other side for a point, and he knew when enough was enough, and he walked off, took the celebrity MVP, and then eventually he's the guy who brings the Rams back to us. He so I think great. maybe that might even top the uh, Kirby and Mezica. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. What, what would be yours? What, what's one that sticks out in your mind more than anything? Wow. Well, for me, okay, yeah. not, not like the greatest moment, but for sure. me, we played in Madison Square Garden. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And we had the Avion hot summer night, yeah, or hot winter that. nights, hot winter and nights. we were all fired up. Well, as you mentioned early in our interview, my parents grew up in Trenton. Oh, so Madison Square Garden was something important to my pop. Of course. And and so now, so now here you are. the microphone is going to drop now. Oh. And I'm going to go to this. And this is why I'm going to tell you this. I was going to ask you this question. So I was ready for this because this is something important to me. The microphone drops. And I'm flashing to Jimmy Lennon. Ladies and gentlemen. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? This is my, this is, this is the greatest moment. I'm on center. Center court, Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. The oh, microphone—it's that old microphone, you little oh, stick with a little cool. head—comes right <laughs> out of you. Think this thing is forty or fifty years old, and I'm thinking this is the Jen Jimmy Lennon moment. This is it. And honestly, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's greatest <laughs> arena, because that they've got branding they everywhere. Do, everywhere. And this oh, is the MVP at MSG. <laughs> you know, that's the best. My uncle taught me one of the great lessons. I was only my second or third event. Call him Pro Beach. He's, you know, this when he's, he's still around. He's, he comes to the backyard games. He loves those. That's great family. Son, you're doing great here. That kind of stuff. He comes. He watches me at, announce for like half a day. Yeah. And I see him writing stuff down. And he comes back and I walk down and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Like Uncle Jim's watching me. Yeah. And I said, hey, Uncle Jim. He goes, uh, boy, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. He goes over every name I mispronounced, anything I kind of said wrong. And he goes, son, it's uh, very important when you take that mic, you're clear, concise, and correct. I go, all right, thanks, Uncle Jimmy. He goes, son, whatever you do, don't embarrass the family. Now, he said that because he loved me. 
and because he knew I was on that stage and he knew how important it was. He didn't say that to be mean. He said it because he loved me and he wanted me to do well. So whatever you do, don't embarrass the family. And I was like, got it, Uncle Jim. And I took so much pride after that moment to make sure I go up to the players. Is this how I say your name? Is this how I say your name? And to be correct, clear, and concise on that microphone. And it was an important lesson I learned to this day. So to me, like, he's very important in my life and, and for my interactions with him. And I love that you said that because not everybody, you know, not everybody remembers just how iconic he was. Well, and then. I want to bring this up at the end intentionally. I hold it because you were talking about the great voices of Vince Scully, of Chick Hearn. But to me, wow. Jimmy Lennon was big because we would, my dad loved to go to watch the fight when I was a kid, the Olympic Auditorium, right? And we also, which I have not talked about much, you probably couldn't find this, we would go to roller derby. Sure. Big John Hall and the L.A. Thunderbirds. I can't tell you, like, yeah. that would be a dream job, like, oh, to do man. the L.A. Thunderbirds. Because oh, I'd go with my grandmother to the Thunderbirds. Oh, I'd go the with that. But, yeah. And he did a couple of those big, like, nights at the Forum when the Thunderbirds would play the New York Bombers. You know, he would be called in. And I always thought it was the coolest. He was the, yeah. The coolest I couldn't believe world. it. That was my uncle in that in that ring that was doing those things. It was always so much. It was such a point of pride. You, you would sit there and I, was, I always wondered. I never asked you. I always wondered, like, did he ever give you that kind of influence? Because yeah. most people didn't probably didn't know that. And then your aunts, and, you know, were incredible yeah. performers and singers, and for yeah. the Lawrence Welk programs. Yeah, and sisters all of that always stuff. were a thing. Those are my oldest cousins. It used to bother me that my parents would make me watch them on TV because I had a football game going outside. And I'd be like, I know the church hymn, Mom. I just, can I finish the football game? No. So I come in. But whenever Uncle Jim was calling something, I was always like, all in. How he's got cool that. He's that? got that. Yeah, it was, it was those are great times. We go to my Uncle Ted's house. We all sit in that. And there'd be 50, 60 of us all in the same room. And we'd watch them, you know, the Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard fight or whatever it was. We'd all pack in there. Uncle Ted would be like, be quiet, I want to hear the announcements, you know. So I will tell you, I have a couple memories of you beyond, like, even like when we met and and, and kind of interacted as opposed yeah. I got to meet you and you were doing the WPBA and that was growing and we were growing and, yep. and all that kind of stuff. But I remember, like, so when I was in college at Loyola Marymount, and we can touch on this because I wanted to hold it, but when we were in college, Venice was coming out as a band. Right. So Kippy and, and, and Michael, Mark, and Pat were, were just, they were, just they were, going yeah. and going. And so we would go to Venice concerts, and they would play up at Loyola and, and stuff like that. And I remember you being at one of those and, and actually meeting you because of, I heard about the yeah. volleyball in the backyard. Yeah. But then there was an event in Santa Monica where Venice was going to play at they the played pier. On, that was it. And I was asked to come announce at that event, and you were there. And it was, to me, an extraordinarily awkward moment because you were there. Right. This is your family. I was promoting it. Right. Why am I announcing this? Well, I knew, and, and I knew, I who, the high, I knew who the high ticket was. Yeah, <laughs> no. And, and I mean, that's, that, was, that, was, that was our first big interaction. Yeah, that that's true. And that's I true. remember and, talking and, to you, and I felt so uncomfortable because I had a lot of respect for what you were doing. I had oh, tremendous nice, yeah. respect for Jimmy Lennon. And... You know, I knew who these guys were, and to me, that was, it was awkward. Yes, <laughs> and I, that was less what I was trying to put you in an awkward spot. I think more, it was the Coach Wood and like, let's get the right, let's get everything right here. Like, let's let's work in the best interest of the group and not in myself. So I just remember going, we need to get Sam here to do this. 
and you know, so, much so I remember fun. somebody knew you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, that because great. that was fun for me, <laughs> yeah. and it was fun to introduce the Pine the Mountain Logs. The, the logs would play while yeah. the game was going on. So people don't know that they... That, that was when Venice. I pulled over, I got the four top Russian indoor players. I got them, I could get them as far from Moscow to Chicago, but then Lufthansa said that's as far as we're taking them. I said, wait, what? You've got a sponsorship. So I had to get like United to fly them out to LA or oh, something. Wow. But they got out here and they played like Wit and yeah. Sinjin. You know, it was like this epic game. It was really fun. Anyways, and I think that's the one I think I had you come out. Yeah, you did. I, you I, did. I, I was scared of the Russian names. And I was like, Sam will nail it. Alexander Sorokin, yet. Sam will nail it. That was big. I mean, we played the Soviets at the phone. We did a tour with the Soviets yeah. one time. We did it. It was the Henry Weinhardt tour. And I still have a poster from that. And it was on Saturday, August 27th. Russia and America will exchange volleys. And the music was <laughs> thundering spikes, split second action, the power and excitement of international volleyballs coming to the fabulous forum. Brilliant. And you know, so I was good. like, it's boom. So yeah. And then learning those guys, you know who helped me with Laszlo Kirai. Oh, Laszlo. Laszlo Kirai helped me with Laszlo. all of the names uh, yeah. on the Soviet rosters because we knew we were going to have a big crowd at the and forum. He, he and came, yeah. What a, what, what a story that cheese. But I gotta tell you, Matt Gage was, I, I mean, I just gotta share, Matt Gage was unbelievable as a tournament director. And as we were coming through, I remember when we started to co-join, and yeah. we started to have some women's events tied with the ADP, Matt wanted to treat the women so well. And he would say, you need to listen to Denny and see how he's treating him. And I was like, I understand, because we had had the women early, and yeah. then the, the women started the WPVA, and, and then we started to come back together. Yeah. And oh, that's uh, nice. it was really, really cool. Oh, and Matt nice. was a big, you know, he, he paid yeah. attention on the off days. And when we were off, that he'd go down to Hermosa <laughs> or Manhattan and watch Look you guys. That. And, and the voice of the, the best stadium in the world actually listened to me. I love it. But it did. And we it. did. And, and you should know that, you know. And those it's were nice great days. It was fun. Those and, were fun days, man. We were right there at the. And we right were there. lucky. I mean, Jim Arico was working with us, and, and I don't know if he backed you up, but I would, I would actually have Jim on nights that I couldn't do the forum. I'd ask Jimmy if he would work with me and, yeah. and do that. And Jim was great, and he had a great career. And Chris McGee was a student. You did a show at, at with Chris McGee. He was one of our students when I was assistant athletics director. That is a great. And I got a great Chris McGee story for you. Please, because so, he's he was he he was a boatload to handle. He was in our awesome. Interview. Kid coming out of <laughs> kid coming out of Trespy High comes yeah. in under John Price Valley kid. Yeah. We're working on the brand and this is the Valley's University. Boom, 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 and we've got a good team. John Price is really grooming. We got we got Axel Hagar, Coley Kaiman. You know we've got some really good guys. Peter Bruschetto. Matt Unger from this side of the sure. hill, and this guy Chris McGee, who really wasn't a volleyball player. He was a basketball player was who was migrating over, mm -hmm. right? But he was great entertainment. And you know when you can see fans that are great. So I've got this job that I got marketing, and I got these young guys. So we're trying to create branding. We create this thing called the Matta Dome of this box structure, right. Matta Maniacs. And so we start. I, I go to these teams. I said, listen. I want to have players from this team support these other guys right, and we'll have competition. Right. So we started the Maniacs, and I went with Chris and a bunch of different guys and um, asked them if we, they would do this and some of the football guys, would they go to games? We need to create this brand. They didn't have any history. So Chris gets it all in. So Chris one day 
shows up, and this is the class that this is why I knew this guy how classy Chris McGee was. He comes into a game, and we're we're putting people in this Matadome for some games. Now, by the way, at the time when you went to Division One, you were not eligible for the playoffs for seven years. Oh yeah. And so Pete Cassidy's coaching this team, and he knows that he is he's going to wind up finishing his career because there's no finish. You can't, yeah. You exactly. have no postseason, right? Yeah. But Chris McGee comes in, and and, and he goes by Geeter, right? This is his nickname, but. <laughs> To me, he's actually always been Chris, right? And I'm not that much older than those guys right. at that point. But Chris <laughs> comes in, and we'd ask the Matamanians, have fun with this, right? There's the line. Don't cross it. That's literally what I said to him. You can get to the line. Do not put your foot over it. Stay here. And they were respectful young men. They really were. Yeah. They, were they were great young guys. The, what, the swimmers were good. And Chris and, and Matt and that whole core, Coley particularly as well. Coley, yes. They'd go right to the line, and they were perfect. Well, Chris comes in one day, and he's wearing sweatpants, right? And he pulls a Speedo. You know, the school colors are black and red, and I think he pulls a red Speedo over it. Well, he kind of loads the Speedo, right? And Geeter, really? Yeah, I'm not paying attention, but in my role, I'm also announcing the games. So I don't pay attention. What are they wearing? Oh, they would goodness. come in with this, hey, ah, and they'd dance it. their way around the court, get to their Either. spot, oh. and they'd get right to the line. And they would heckle. They'd sit across from the visiting team, and they would sort of heckle. And, and they weren't out of line, but he knew, they were he knew where the line. The he literally line. knew where the line was. So he's wearing this thing. And then I get a call the next week, maybe like, a, well, let's say it's Wednesday, right? And we get a letter. And Bob Heger calls me up on the phone, and you know, quite frankly, I'm, you know, 27 feet away or something. But I get a phone call, so like he's calling me to come to his office. What did I do wrong, right? I'm, something's wrong if he's calling me, because normally he would just walk over and tell me. But Bob Heger comes over, and he just calls me. He goes, "Come into my office." So I go to his office. He's got this letter, and he pushes it across the desk. And I don't know if I'm getting fired. I don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, what, what is this? And I open it up and I read it. And it's a letter from a community member who had brought his kid to the game. And he said, there was this young man dressed in with sweatpants a with a Speedo that had was loaded. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, he just looks at me. Heger says nothing. He just looks at me. I'm like, I got I'll it. take care of it. I got it. I got it. So I call John Price. And I'm like, hey, coach, can you send Chris McGee to my office? You're like, I did the exact same thing. His, his face dropped. He went clear. Like, he it was the most sincere moment I've ever seen. Like, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he got it. Yeah. He got he it like this. Oh I knew how classy that guy was right away. He's, um, he's the same way now. Yes, and that's it, it really is. It's it's just it's, a it's about fun, it's good spirit. And it was great to be with Chris at that infancy. And then when we were at the athletic club, we started a volleyball program. And Chris Bill Ferguson, Gary Sato, myself were all involved. Chris McGee became one of our coaches and he started his yeah, broadcasting career right. at that time. And I felt And isn't so it great good. to see him on this Lakers run right now? Oh it's so great. He's so excited. He loved the Lakers back oh, then. Oh man, he, he's so great. And you that know, is. of course he had that moment with uh, the price is right and all oh, those yes, kinds of things. We, we we covered that well. He is just <laughs> classic. He is. But he was a coach for us and he had that enthusiasm and that was so great because he had great respect for the kids he was coaching and the parents 
and he was always in line to make sure that it was good. And, and you know, Tom Fewer saw that with Fox Sports West and started to bring him. Gary, Gary Paskowitz with the football yeah, game he, of the he, week. He, he drew that whole line on how he got to right. that seat, and which so well deserved. I feel so blessed so well to watch deserved. it. And I knew when it was time for us to retire. My mom died, and we had our daughters, and we had two young girls, and I sure. knew that it was going to be complicated. And my mom was going to be nearby, and it could be helpful, but now it wasn't. And we didn't expect her to pass away. And um, so I knew that that was sort of, I, I couldn't be gone the kind of time. And Chris, yeah. you know, was the right guy to come in. And, and At the right time. It was, a, you know, it was great. And the thing that was different, my focus, and I think your focus, was on sponsors and fans. Chris was buddies and focused <laughs> yeah. on being yeah. the buddy. So yeah, his relationship did. grabbed the player a lot and brought the player sure out. And his affinity to the player relationship was probably way different than yours and mine. Yeah, it was. It was and I was going to ask you, I know it's a long way to get here, but how did you, when you started announcing, how did you develop your relationships and what was your goal? What did you want to connect with? I had, um, it, it was an interesting time because, you know, I had just, I think, just got married. So, you know, that, that part of my life had, had started, but... Yeah, go out and hang, hang out with the players for a little while, but then it was it was just different because you know they, they had a different dynamic than I did, and I was just enough older and just had started it and more business minded, so I kind of found my own way. So I really didn't get too close to them, but they would crack up when I would go out with them and use, as you probably know, your announcer voice to narrate the party. Right. You know, so I'd have these times where it was like kind of fun, but I really hung more with like Tim Simmons yeah. and the media guys. For the, for the most part, and then when it got to those games and stuff, I always kind of like looked to my uncle. I just I called it. I wanted to be as professional as I could, and then maybe crack a joke here and there. You know, that's cool. Yeah, that was always my gig. Is I always enjoyed how you were able to connect with fans and and the, and, and explain and the, the game kids. exactly because you're an ambassador and, of the game. And and we had a little bit different style, but not that far. No, right? it wasn't. And Chris really was with yeah, the players it was. and that connectivity was very different and I think different. that was great and I think it was perfect for the evolution of the game yeah I think so too because it's not unlike how social media evolved right right and, and he did he fit all of that and, it, and it's neat to see that and you know I think that you know Jimmy has gotten to stay involved with the Hall of Fame and absolutely and through those guys but I think we all had it and when you, even before us you had Cubby doing sports and stuff like that who was announcing at Santa Barbara and UCLA and, and doing on the beach early on in the Always. events concept days and so forth. There's one thing that uh, ran through Chris that was clear and I got to tell you when I talked to different people and asked them about you, one thing that came through all the time was your spirit, how kind you are to people, how you're always looking to help and, uh, and you're always making them feel comfortable in whatever environment you are you. and and I just I really appreciate that about you and that, that comes comes forward and I, you know my mom uh, would always ask me when I'd say this this kid I'm coaching is really good or this guy is really good or whatever well is, is they a nice person and I could uh, answer affirmatively to her what a nice person you are uh, and so I appreciate that about you thank you yeah thank it's you been for doing fun this. to hang out with you and to this watch the best, you man. rise and uh, <laughs> Come out, come support the Rams. I will be out. You know I'll be out there.
You know, I love how you have your Dodger shirts on. I was expecting that today, or a Lakers shirt. <laughs> well, but I dressed up a little for my guys. So, I, I brought you a Pepperdine hat. I love it. I'm so in. So that you can have that. I'm in. But, uh, thank I'm you in. very much, and thank you for the masks that you provided us. God only knows who Of course, you're the best, man. So, uh, thank you, Sam. I said we go have some rounds. Casablanca food. Amen. Let's do this. Let's Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice, and Christine Jinbo. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Jenny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time. Ooh, I bet you're wondering how I knew about your plans to watch sports stories. It took me by surprise, I must say. When I heard you were watching sports stories today, ooh, I heard it through the grapevine. Not much longer would you be mine. Ooh, I heard it through the grapevine. Sports stories, yeah. Kick it out, book. <laughs>